Hi, this is Michael Marks, Fate and Review Editor, here to remind you about an important upcoming deadline. Submissions to Fate and Review, Fate's peer-reviewed journal, are due by August 1st. Deadlines can be found on the Fate website, or you can email me directly. We are looking forward to revamping the journal and publishing early next year. Consider adding your perspective by submitting an article related to Foundation's pedagogy or visual culture. Deadline is August 1st. Fate would like to thank Colart for sponsoring this episode of Positive Space. A longtime supporter of Fate, Colart are the people behind companies such as Windsor & Newton, Liquitex, Conti, Reeves, and a whole host of others. Need an art supply? One of Colart's companies probably covers it. Find out more at colart.com. Welcome to Positive Space, Conversations and Art Foundations, a production of Foundations in Art, Theory and Education, also known as FATE. Positive Space is a podcast providing opportunities for those passionate about art foundations to discuss and promote excellence in the development and teaching of college-level foundations in art studio and art history classes. Welcome to Positive Space. I'm Valerie Powell, and today joining us via Skype, we have Victoria Hoyt, who is an instructor at Metro Community College in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's really great to have you. And you were one of the shout-out award winners at our recent FATE conference. And so you were able um, to be nominated and um, attend the conference. And so can you tell us a little bit about just sort of what that experience was like? Um, yeah, it was really exciting. I just got an email from you out of the blue. And um, I was already <laughs> planning on attending FATE. I had... I'd applied to a couple panels and was and was scheduled to do the puppet show workshop. And yeah, I just got to go down there and to represent the the college and with I was with my my boss, Trisha Hollins went down there also, but just to be rewarded for being an adjunct, which is something that's it's not it's not common. It was just really it was really nice to feel like I was honored and welcomed there. Oh, well, we were so excited to have you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, really, really exciting. And so what kind of classes do you typically teach at Metro Community College? So I usually teach 2D design um, and drawing, which is two of the foundation's classes that are offered as prereqs for a lot of the different classes in the visual arts department and our in our design department also, and photography. So it kind of goes kind of starts in the visual arts department and expands into all these different programs. Oh, nice, nice. Well, so were there um, things that, that stood out at the FATE conference that you feel like you'll be able to implement in, into those courses, whether it's projects or just sort of general sort of themes or components? Yeah, I feel, I mean, I was just going over my notes again this morning. There, there are a lot of things that I could, I, that I want to bring into my class. Probably <laughs> almost too much. Like, I think I got back that next week and I think my class was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, just, um, there were visual aids and just putting together um, different play and um, classroom environments. Uh, I was really trying to pay attention to um, appropriation and how to get students to be inventive in their subject matter. So thinking a lot about abstraction and representation, 
And I mean, and for me, like personally, I, um, I teach a diverse range of students. My students this semester, some of them are design, some of them are painting, some of them are illustration. So they, they all kind of have those, those specialties and it's how to really, it's in the, in the 2D design class, it's like, okay, what, what's, what's the commonality in all of those Mm. different paths and how do I really give you some, some skills that you can take forward no matter which, um, no matter what you're doing next. That's always a, a tough struggle for me as I, I tend to start off the quarter really, really well. And then I, and then I kind of move into like, oh, well, this student wants to do this. So I'll kind of like play with the assignment there and then this other, and, and I really want to keep it together a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's challenging because I mean, we want to do things that are challenging for our students, but then we also want them to be engaged and be excited, you know, and not just make things that they're like, oh, I'll just throw this away later. You know, this is not something that's really valuable for my future career. And it's like, oh, no. (laughs) I know. I know. Yes. Yes. That, you know, we have like this giant recycling bin outside of our classroom. And when I see projects in there after the tournament, I'm like, oh, man. Isn't that just heartbreaking? It just is. I mean, there's... throw it away. (laughs) right right it's like oh no I mean so so I think that the the challenge is then how how do we encourage them to make things that don't end up in the recycling bin you know like you know that they really care about I mean so like walk walk me through like what are some projects or some some strategies that that you've used in your 2d design class that really you know that you found that really work for you well, I mean, I change. So our, our our quarters are about twelve weeks, and I feel like I I change a lot of assignments a, a lot. But some of the ones that I kind of stick to are I do have them in the beginning when they're just learning about texture and line, more black and white drawings. I'm trying to get them to take pictures of of things in their lives. Mm. And, not, and not not borrow from the internet and just and like kind of understand what's what what shapes and just visual cues from their environment and so mm-hmm. they, they take pictures of like different different categories like natural world or architectural or mechanical and then they borrow those elements and put them into a kind of a collage textural drawing and that seems to work well because it's a good introduction to kind of who they are and what they have in their spaces and Mm. so I've done it I and then I and from there they make a repeat pattern from there so it's it's kind of a good way to use some digital skills get them a little acquainted with Photoshop and Illustrator and but also just the idea that they can borrow these lines and shapes and textures and they can make them into several different designs it doesn't just have to be so I guess they just get to play around with how scale and size and repetition can change can change the image and and meaning. So, no, oh, that's great. Well, and and I I really appreciate how you're having them go out and like be observant. You know, they're not just sifting through the internet on like. Pinterest or whatever, they're, they're actually going outside or looking around their space or really seeing their environment, which is so important, you know, regardless of if you're going to be a photo person or a graphic designer or, you know, a sculptor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I think I take that a lot from drawing of just a drawing is it's it's so rooted in observation. And I think 2D design needs to, to 
to have that too of just like we're teaching students how to how to see and observe mm-hmm. and, and look at things differently and yeah I mean I think that was a big conversation in the in the conference was shifting shifting students from image consumers to makers and and really make them more active in that world oh so yeah another big theme that I drew from from the conference Absolutely, absolutely. And and it's so, it, it makes so much sense. But then when you get into the classroom, sometimes it can seem overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, how do I do this? Do I do this with every project? Do I do this every, you know, how, how am I making this a choice and, and really a priority with the kind of curriculum that, that's happening? I mean, do you find that to be challenging? I do, I do, I do. I, I mean, I find teaching very, very challenging. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I'm always kind of questioning, like, you know, are, yeah, are they getting, are they getting um, things from this, or are they looking at the final result? In in this class, like that assignment didn't didn't go very well this time, and and I don't really know why that was. And so sometimes you have that happen where you have assignments go so well, and then you get a class that it's just like, eh. <laughs> And then, then you're, yeah, you do question yourself, like, well, what are they taking from this? And is this, it goes back to that. You don't want to, I think you, I really try to find the sweet spot of, you know, building on their strengths and skills, but pushing them a little bit outside of their comfort zone into that kind of great territory where you learn things, but you're still Mm -hmm. confident and that you're building off of past skills that you already have um but that said like I doing a project now where they're kind of they're they're kind of doing similar things but they're working more from they're working poetry to create their imagery and they're responding to this one a lot better so I just think it's sometimes with 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 classes you kind of get you kind of get people you just get different group dynamics where they kind of latch on to different ideas. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think that that's one thing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I think that's that's one thing that just cannot be said enough is like you can have a great project and it can go well one semester, but then with another group, it's just, it's just it just doesn't work, you know, it's, yeah. it's not received and it's it's not necessarily the curriculum. It's just being able to adapt to, to who's, who's hearing this, you know, and, and who's, who's making it. Yeah. Yeah. My students this, this quarter, they're much more interested in drawing. They don't, they didn't like my, all my, cause 2D design doesn't have a drawing component in it. So I use a lot of tracing and these students were like, no, we don't want to trace. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, like, I guess we'll look at still lives. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and they, and that's, and they really, they really wanted to do that. And that's always, I don't know. It's just always, it's, it's just funny. You have these ideas of, oh, students before always didn't want to draw. So students don't like to draw in 2D design and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I've, I found that I'll get feedback on, okay, you know, this aspect of the project didn't work or why don't you try it this way next time? And then I'll completely make those changes. And then all the students are like, well, why didn't we do it that way? And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a little bit of like you can't win, <laughs> but right. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's it's good to be flexible and and to hear you know what what they're saying and what what they want and what they're ready for. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. Yeah, I yeah, 
I definitely try to check in with them in the middle of the quarter just to like go over a course outline and just kind of check in and make sure that they're, you know, receiving, the, <laughs> getting the messages from all these objectives that we want to learn. And, um, cause 12 weeks goes fast and yeah, that's yeah, really fast. It's fast, but yeah, just, um, it, it, I think those kind of check-ins and, and asking questions are really important to, mm-hmm. and the, yeah, in, in foundations in general, it just seems like that is the way to teach now. And I, I heard that a lot from people at the conference again, of just how responsive people are to, to students. It, it really, it was an, it's a nice environment to be in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I think just when I, when I hear you talk about checking in and, and those kinds of things, that's so encouraging. Cause I think it's, it's so important to, so that they have an experience that it's not just a class that's like happening to them. It's something that they're participating in that, that they have a role in that. It's not just this like passive thing, mm-hmm. um, but that they, they have a voice in it. Well, so is that something that you do? Like, do they write something down and give you feedback or is that just like a discussion that you have around like mid quarter? Yeah. Um, I have, so they do a self-evaluation. So, so I went to think tank last summer and one of the, or the ITI think tank. And one of the uh-huh. reasons I did that, cause I live, I found like the think wire, I don't know, a few years ago. And then I started, um, one of the, one of the exemplars in the back talked about kind of the syllabus response and how important it is to kind of like find out who you st- your students are on day one. And so I, I build off of um, a syllabus response and then, so I kind of kind of keep a file for each student of like, well, this is where you were day one and this is what you wanted to learn. And, you know, mid quarter, how do you feel about that? And I also build a self-evaluation grade into their overall grade. So they, they're responsible for kind of assessing themselves and that's part of their overall grade. Um, and I don't make it too many points because I find that they're actually really more critical than I would be. Of, oh, of- wow. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think it's important to just kind of to show the, the course objectives and just make sure that they're so that I know, like I'm, I, you know, and then we sit down and have a one-on-one meeting about, about what they've done and what they still want to accomplish and what they're confused about and where they could be doing better things. I mean, I teach at a community college and this is, this is a very beginning level class. So I'm, I'm also trying to teach um, college skills too. And I think having the confidence to talk to your professors and, and say to them, like, well, I really don't understand this concept still. I mean, I'm hoping it's important and I'm hoping they can use that in their, in their careers. Oh, sure. And I think just as a human being, you know, being able to say what, what you need in a, in a calm, respectful way is, is so valuable, you know, whether that's in the classroom, whether that's just in, in, in life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I, well, I mean, thinking about student evaluation, so that's like, that's coming up at the end. And I think that that, that shaped me too. Like I didn't want, I didn't want to hear this feedback. I mean, we get our student evaluations back like halfway through the the next quarter and it's like, I don't want to be hearing all of these things kind of when it's too late. Like I right. <laughs> really try to hear and listen to students, even if it's, even if it's negative on my end, like I'd rather hear it within the quarter than than later when I can't do anything about it. 
that's I think so that's true. For students to understand because I think that they're, I, I think that that's, it's just a different relationship to authority that it's, I think that that's intimidating and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they're used to it because I still, I mean, it's still as, as much as I, I, I feel that I'm myself to kind of like what am I you know what do you want to do or what am I doing that's not working and you know how can we continue to improve the class I still get some some feedback on my evaluations that it you know you're just like ah Well, yeah, earlier, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. and I think that they're just not used to somebody wanting feedback. I think that's mm-hmm. unusual, and I think it's unusual for them to to have someone want it in a really sincere way. Like, no, this is not just a form you're filling out, and it doesn't matter. Like, this is real. Like, I really want to know, and you know, I really want to improve, and um, and you can say things that will help help the class and help everyone uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that, that, that's great. I, I, I know in, in WASH, we started WASH, you know, I, I teach um, at Sam Houston and we have this foundations program called WASH and, um, and we started doing midterm evaluations. We used to just sort of have conversations, but in a group of like 30 or 35 students, sometimes students aren't comfortable just saying something out loud, you know, in front of everyone. And so they became a lot more, I guess, formalized in terms of them being written down and then we like graph it all out and, you know, sort of talk about it together. But, um, but it's been such a game changer because you're, you're so right. You find out these things and they're, they're helpful and they're impactful, but those students are gone. Yeah. You know, you really can't change that for those students. Um, mm-hmm. And then the things you might be able to change, you have a new group of students so that it's like, well, I don't know. You know? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And you're changing things that they, ne- they won't necessarily appreciate because they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it goes back mm-hmm. to the assignment of like, why are we doing it this way? <laughs> right, right. Well, and, you know, I'm curious with, with, with a quarter system, like how many projects do you typically do in like a 2D design class? Like what's kind of a, a, a number that, that you deal with in terms of assignments? Um, yeah, I usually do five or six. I mean, we have, we have, a, we have a pretty good, like, so at, at Metro, there's a lot of adjuncts. And so there's a lot of instructors. And so we have a um, good flexibility of what we can do in classes. And so I, I know other instructors, like they sometimes do a one project a week. I found that that doesn't quite work for me. So I do, a, I do about five to six. So each project is a couple weeks. And then I try to do kind of, you know, warm ups and prompts and, and different sketches to try to get them there. So it's not just like, oh, here's the project. And, you know, you have three work days to, to accomplish it. It's, it's, it's a little bit more lead than that. I, one of my focuses in 2D design is really about the creative process and, and how to rework things and how to, how, how to get feedback, how to, how to get ideas, how to put it all together. So we do a lot of like setups and sketches and color palettes and media techniques, trying to, trying to kind of outline how that all comes together. Oh, uh, nice. So they sort of do all the prep and like the research and sort of the practice so that that way they can be more successful in the, in the actual project. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm laughing because I, I mean, I just was doing this yesterday in class and a student was setting up her color palette. And so she was just kind of painting on copy paper of these copies that she made with her composition. And we all looked at 
her little studies and we all like them so much better because she wasn't trying very hard. <laughs> you oh, know, sure. So where you just were like, oh, well, why can't you do it like that again? And her final project was so stiff and, you know, her painting was all of a sudden like these rigid little lines and, and it was a good conversation. So the students were just kind of like, well, listen to good music and just you have to relax and kind of pretend that we're not here. And I, I like the conversation of like, yeah, because that's a that's a lifelong thing of that. You know, sometimes those quick sketches you do in 10 minutes are so much better than your final product because everything's so contrived at that point. So And so serious. It's like now I'm working on the real paper and now I'm using like the good paintbrush, you know, and it's like everything becomes so tucked in sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. So things like that. I, I mean, I love moments in the classroom where it really does reflect the artistic process in general. Like I, 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 I don't like to have those kind of false boundaries of like, well, this is classroom world and this is the art world and this, you know, so I think those, those sorts of moments are really good. Yeah. Well, and have you found that being in a community college, that, that, that is something that you've been honed in on more specifically for that particular audience yeah, I so I really enjoy teaching at the community college. I I've taught at universities also, so I've taught at UNO and um, UNL, oh, where right. I went for grad school. And the, I so the the campus that I teach at actually only teaches foundation classes, and the visual arts most of the visual arts program is all out at another campus. So this is kind of this can get students their start, but they'll have to, they'll have to find transportation to the other campus to keep going. Okay. So I, I find the mix of students really, really good. Some of them aren't art and design majors. They're just, they're, they're gen ed. And, but some of them have been working in the, they're, they're already illustrators or designers or artists in their own, in their own right. And they're just looking for skill building and, I, I, I just, I find the mix of students really, really fun to get. People are, I think that they're, a lot of times students are just kind of looking for that community of, of overlap of other creatives, because I think it's kind of hard to find in the, in the neighborhood I live in and, and where the mm. campus is. And so it just provides like a good kind of collective place. And I, I, I think that students really enjoy their their studio time and being I have found that people, it, it seems to me that uh, being at the community college, students in, enjoy that class time and they value it because it's, it's, it's their time. It's, it's, it's their studio. A lot of, a lot of times they don't have places to work at home or another. Sure. another. So it seems like I don't, I, I find that the group dynamics have been really enjoyable, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, years ago I, I, I worked at a community college and I was just so impressed with the intensity of that kind of space in terms of everyone's there and they're just like we're in this and we have so many other things that we're dealing with but but we're here and this is like precious time yes yes yeah I mean I have this students often work full-time they have yeah there's so much else going on and so I do I mean I do prioritize class time I don't I don't assign a ton of things outside of class because I was just finding time inequality is something I've been thinking about more of just like how many people are 
more like just more time poor and they don't like they don't set up their own schedules like I have a lot of students who work overnight and then go to class during the day I don't know so it's just kind of like you know when would you do those (laughs) do those studies and painted sketches that I want you to do and so really focus toward intense work time in the classroom and then some different maybe just reflections or sketchbook activities but nothing nothing too kind of like you don't have to get out all your paints at home because for a lot of people they just can't do that like that's possible yeah well and do you find that whether it's during like a critique or during maybe like a one-on-one time with you that that they talk about being time poor or they ask for like help in terms of time you know how to handle dealing with life and being an artist and being a creative person I mean is 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 that something that you feel like comes up often I think that it's just come up more often for me just because I've just had these different experiences of you know I don't know if this has happened to you but it's just like you kind of let there's there's student behavior that you don't necessarily like and you kind of let it go and you ask a little question and and then I feel like you like it happens again and you I feel like I kind of like want to crack down and be like well you know why aren't you why aren't you in class and you need to make your appointments outside of class and kind of be mm-hmm. like a little bit more <laughs> but then I, I mean I just had a student who was just like you know what it's not up to me I can't I can't I don't get to decide when those appointments are it's just her situation in life. She just, she has to go to a doctor for a medical reason. And that's, I don't, I, I can't, I can't really explain it without being too specific. Sure. Sure. But, but it's just, it's just it like, sounds it's just like not up to her. And it's like, she would love to, she would love to have it scheduled, not on her, her time, but that's the way her life is. Like people aren't respecting sure. like, how it is for everybody. And so I think like what I'm, what I'm learning is just how much I can, like, I, I, I just feel like I can learn a lot from people who are balancing time a lot differently than me. I think I can get stuck into like, oh, I have a young daughter and I'm teaching and I'm trying to make my work and poor me, I'm so scattered. <laughs> but, then, but then you like look at other people's lives and you're like, oh, but that's so much harder. And, and just try to capitalize on the time that we have together and just, you know, I, I, I am just, I'm, I'm shifting away from, I'm, sh- I'm shifting away from all negative discipline <laughs> and really mm-hmm. trying to just build on positive that really needs to be addressed to try to, you know, do the kind of four to one ratio of positive to negative and really just try to keep a, just positive reinforcement, I guess, is, that's is my so, yeah, focus. that's, that's so true. And I, I mean, I've, I found that I respond really well to positive reinforcement. And so it, it, it would make sense that I would want to extend that, you know, I mean, no one really does their best work when they're feeling shamed or pressured or judged or criticized. Um, that that's not fun. You know? no, it's not, it's not. And if, you know, students miss a class or they can't be there, like they already feel bad about it. They're already telling me about it. And it's like, okay, well you're here today. So like, what can we get you started on? Like it just, I just feel like I've had to learn to just kind of let some things go. And that's one thing that I've let go <laughs> of mm-hmm. like the absences and the, if it's not important that they miss class, then I I guess I've shifted my attendance policy to just kind of 
like I'm, I have a, like a max out attendance, like they can't miss more than like six classes or I think it's six because I feel, I felt like I was punishing, I was kind of repunishing students. They would miss class, they would miss out on work, then their project wasn't as good. So they're already getting a lower grade. And then I was re downgrading it because they missed classes. And I was just like, this is, this is just silly. I need to, I need to treat students like they're the adults that they are. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just get to make those choices. And, and I think that it's, it's been a lot better. Yeah, well, and I mean, that's that's so smart to think about that, you know, you don't really want to re-underline something that's already impacting someone so that they're just trapped, you know, that they can't really improve their grade or they're sort of stuck in this place. You talked a lot about the, the process and sort of wanting students to understand the creative process. I'm curious, like, do you, like, when a project's due and then you guys critique and they get feedback on the process and on their project more, do you allow them to like resubmit it or maybe make improvements based on, you know, what they've learned throughout the semester? I do, but I have rarely had anybody return in an assignment. Which I think Isn't really- that curious? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I give them until the end of the quarter to resubmit. And, and, I, and that's another thing that I took away from the conference of, just kind of the, I, I really want to work more mid-process critiques into my into my projects because I'm realizing like at the end, it's kind of like, what do you say about it? And students seem pretty, uh, pretty hesitant to actually go back and change anything after it's done. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would like to shift into more mid-process critique and, and feedback earlier and then have the end be more of a celebration. I think that's what Jenna Fry, I think that's what, I mean, I think that's what she was recommending. I asked a specific question about that in one of her panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just feel like you had that final critique and it's like, Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, this happened, and now I can't do anything about it. Thanks for playing. You know, it's just sort of, and now everyone's just like strung out and tired, and it's just sort of this sad parade of, I've of had things. So many sometimes. sad parade critiques. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> I have too, and it's just like, oh no, and and we've done like mid mid process critiques and had like we've sort of, I think, tried to sort of shift in into that mode more recently. Um, and sometimes it's tough because the students, some of them really value that and are really prepared for it and have work that you can really talk about, you know, because it's very much in process. And then other students will just treat it like, whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm over here, but I have my paper, you know, and it's like, wow, oh no. <laughs> so, um, so, so I think it, for those that are prepared and, and really ready for it and treat it like it's it's valuable, I think it can be very helpful. But sometimes it's like, well, you know, does now does this become a grade because I'm saying it's really important and it really can help your project. But so I think that's sort of where I'm at. I'm like, well, I think the process critique is so valuable, but then how can I make it how can I really sell it to them? Because I don't think they're really used to that. You know, yeah. I think they, they they just see it as like a conversation, not as like, oh, I really need to, I really need to have my work ready to talk about, you know, and it needs to be, I need to have started it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I try to do that too, where, you know, they'll look at me and say, well, what do you want me to say about it? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to say about it? Ask a question. Like, I'm not going to, 
yeah, so it is, I, yeah, we, we do focus with 2D design a lot too of just like, well, how do you talk about work and how do you describe images and how do you understand meaning and how do you, you know, the formal analysis steps of, you know, back off the I like statements before, you know. Like. Right. Well, and I think it, it seems, I found it helpful to just, instead of encourage comments, which can be like, I like, or this reminds me, or one time at camp, or, you know, it just becomes this trailed off thing, um, which I know I do that, so I, I can completely relate to that train of thought, but um, but encouraging them to ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. so, so maybe it's a question about process, or it's a question about a decision, or an intention, or a concept, um, and that, that seems to get away from the I like but again, you know, it's, it's sometimes a mixed bag. It is. It is. I mean, yeah, the other, the other, the, the one difficulty I have in, um, in teaching where I'm at is I get very small classes. So I have a, I have a class of six <laughs> right oh, now, Wow. <laughs> which is, I mean, it's great. Cause I really That's show so romantic. That's just so romantic. <laughs> mentee, mentor, um, individually focused, but at the same time, we just, we don't have a lot of critical mass. And so sometimes it's just really, it's difficult. And especially if I have a few students missing one day, it's like, okay, <laughs> we're just right. in a very small, small classroom. But yeah, so it's, but it, but it's like, I'm surprised still, even with those small numbers, at how tentative students really are to give feedback and to, and to offer a critical voice toward something somebody else did. They're very kind. They're, I mean, they're very nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, at the same time, they're very self-deprecating. Like they, I, I oh, sure. that's another thing that I try to get them to, to, I think that's why the questions can be really good because so often you you hang you hang work up and what students talk about is what they don't like about it like immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like let us look at it first. Like, <laughs> don't trash right. it. Right. <laughs> no, that's that's so true, and I think that the whole just it's such an awkward thing to make something and then to have to talk about it or to make something and talk about it while you're making it. I mean, all that is, is strange really for everyone probably. Um, and so for, for them, especially, I think it's just a very, they, they need a lot of help with it. And I think being flexible, you know, which it sounds like you're really flexible in terms of how to approach that conversation or how to encourage them to, to have that conversation. Um, but yeah, but, but with such a small class, it seems like it would be hard to get like the momentum going, yeah. you know, in the same kind of way. But, it, but then it's like, wow, you have to, you have so much time to talk about each, each person's work because there's, you know, a, a fewer number. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I hope we can get from it is that it's, it's, it's pretty individualized and I, um, as the class goes, I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know if they know each other's names, <laughs> but they hopefully can recognize each other's work and what, you know, what they each want to do. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been so lovely to talk to you. I just really, really appreciate you taking the time to to chat with us and congratulations again on the shout out award. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was so beneficial for me to for me to do this. It was I needed kind of an injection of <laughs> of fun and um, support, and so it was nice. 
Oh, that's great. I'm so happy that you feel supported and that, that it was fun because those yeah. those are crucial things for sure <laughs> for us to con- continue teaching and, and, and making. I think we have to feel supported and like what we're doing is valuable. So, yes. So, thank you again, Victoria. I really, yeah, really enjoyed it. Valerie. Thank you for listening to this episode of Positive Space. If you're interested in being part of FATE's ongoing conversation about art foundations, visit the FATE website at foundationsart.org. Don't forget the dash between foundations and art. This episode's interview was conducted by Valerie Powell and was engineered and edited by Raymond Gaddy. Our theme music was provided by Lee Rosevier. If you like what you hear on Positive Space, be sure to give us a review at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you find your podcast. Better yet, send us some audio. You can call Positive Space at 904-990-FATE. That's 904-990-3283. You may find your voice on the next episode of Positive Space.